There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jettikin. How's it going, Desi? Pretty good. I'm excited uh, for today's episode because I don't know anything about it, so... Well, uh, I'm excited about it too, and I'm really excited that we got quite a few Patreon compu- uh, cont- contributions. <laughs> I can't talk right now. I don't know why I'm nervous she before was, this episode. She was uh, too busy on her segue, <laughs> thinking about her segue. <laughs> I was thinking about my segue, and anyway, so we got some uh, contributions this week uh, from our lovely listeners. I'm just going to read off your names. Um, oh, well, now I'm, I know why I'm self-conscious because one of our listeners on our Facebook page said it reminded them of that amazing scene in Adam's Family Values where Christine Baranski and, oh, right. and Peter McNichol, who are two of my favorite actors. I love Peter McNichol. I like both of them. love yeah. him and I love her too. They're reading off the names of the campers. Right. So I'm going to do it in the style of Christine Baranski. I'm going to extra do it, Christine Baranski, this week. Okay. So I'm, That's you know, why she's nervous. That's why I'm nervous. Okay. So this week we had <laughs> Kristen, B, Charlotte, Heather, Teresa, Lisa, Catherine, Terrence, Patience, Morgan, Ton, and Orange. Wow. That was great. I'm really sorry if this was your week to get your name read off and you hated that. Right. I and liked it because some of the names seemed to like go together. Oh, yeah. Right? There were a couple similar. Patience, Terrence, Lisa. What was the other one? Orange. Orange. That's the last one. Oh, hi, Orange. Well, thank-, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Really That's amazing. It. If you'd like to become a contributor, patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And that is where you will find all of our bonus episodes available. Yeah. Lots of content. Lots of content. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't put this away. I just put my notes away, and I, it's my week. So, <laughs> I duh. I shouldn't do that. She's getting all relaxed. Well, Desi, uh, maybe I'm a little bit floaty and flaky right now because I have a confession to make. Oh. I've eaten Cafe Gratitude three times this week. For the last three days in a row, that's all I've eaten. Why? I have no idea. And I think it's subconsciously because I was researching this episode. And you were in the mood for health food. I was in the mood for health food. I was definitely not in the mood to join a cult, which is what this episode is about. Mm-hmm. But I decided I was going to sort of, I, I just was in, I was reading the menu of this restaurant that I'm going to talk about uh, that has to do with this cult. And I was just like very like green and fresh sounding and all last week it was like all Shake Shack and right. Del Taco and stuff. So this week so I was like cleansing. Yeah. I mean, I do think I like extremes. healthy food too, especially when someone's making it for me, but I'm not yeah. going to do like, the only thing I don't like is fake cheese and fake pasta. I'll do vegetables. Right. That's fine. Here's the thing. I guess we can talk about Cafe Gratitude up top. This is not an endorsement for them. In fact, I'm kind of going to drag them a little bit. They're a, if you don't know what this establishment is, uh, you probably know about it if you live in the Bay Area or, or Los Angeles. It's a vegan establishment and they make really good vegan food. I'm not a vegan, but if you are a vegan you, and you live in California, you've probably heard of them before. They're very, it's a very popular place among like starlets probably and like just fucking LA people who want to be very spiritual on the outside like it's a very like it's very extra it's It's not just food they have extra it's so extra like one time I went in there with Desi and you were at your wits end you could not wait to get out of there well they do things like they have questions of the day yes to help you kind of spark your center yourself center yourself one time I have a good story about the question of the day one time I was there with um at the time my boyfriend Josh who you met he was on eating pie we were in cafe gratitude this is like fucking six years ago and we walk in there and they go 
what do you like most about your mother? And Josh just looks at him and deadpan goes, my mom died when I was 10. (laughs) And we grabbed our food and left. That's actually why I never went to Cafe Gratitude because I only knew of the one in Marin and people were telling me about the questions. And I was like, I can't. It's so much pressure. Yeah, it's too much. It's like, just let me... Eat let this, me order. Yeah. Let me order my sprouts and go. So I never went to the one in Marin, and then I went to the one over here in Larchmont. Right. Uh, so they have one pretty close to my house, so it's pretty convenient if I want healthy food. Um, and and all of the names of their food are like I am radiant, I am exuberant, right? I am. It's an always an I am with yeah. some thing. <laughs> I am hungry. I am hungry. And in 2011, I believe, there was an article posted in a publication called the East Bay Express, so an East Bay Area publication, and it was called I Am Disappointed and Annoyed. Oh. And it was about a worker, a former worker of Cafe Gratitude, complaining about their business practices of their employees. Wow. And this is something that I think we heard about. We heard about this person. Somebody. Maybe it was Eli. Maybe. Someone told us about it on our last podcast that Cafe Gratitude was secretly a cult. Right. I buy it. Yeah. And I buy it too, just by like the way that everything is. It's like very much like a production when you go in there. Yeah. Like I just order takeout. It's an experience. I order takeout. I don't like eat at the establishment because like I... What did we get there? It was like a coconut smoothie or something. The smoothies there, I'm not a fan of because the smoothie that I got there was some coconut smoothie and it just tasted like blended up sunscreen. Right. It needed. That's what I had. It needed dates in it and it didn't have that. Mm. It wasn't sugar. (laughs) You know what? I like sugar. Me too. It's good. So I did a little bit of research onto Cafe Gratitude's alleged cult status. And basically, the tea is that when you work there, They pressure you to take these courses and classes to better enrich yourself. And it's all fed through this company, this corporation called like the Landmark Foundation, (laughs) where they have all these self-enrichment classes. And it's not mandatory, but it's pretty mandatory if you want to keep your job, let's just say. Uh, the classes each cost $500, <clears throat> which you are paying for out of pocket, although Cafe Gratitude does pay for half of it. But that's still a lot of fucking money, right. especially if you're if working, you're like a waiter you're working or... as a server. You're not making a lot of money. So I tried to do a little bit of digging. That was really the most I could find was that there were, had been complaints over the years. Uh, there was controversy because of that. Is that even legal? It's. I don't think it's legal. And there, there was another practice that they were doing that they said was all above the board and legal, but they were doing tip pooling. Oh, right. So. Well, that's more across. That's other restaurants, too, I think, try to pull that shit. Right. It's really unethical where basically <clears throat> waiters and servers are just not getting the full amount of tips that they deserve. They're having to be redistributed to other people. That they're not paying well. That they're not paying well. So that was another complaint. But the major thing that sort of lent to this cultish vibe is that they all have to take these classes. Also the Landmark Foundation. It sounds like a Scientology or something. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, The forum. There was, oh, there was, speaking of Scientology, there was like a um, article headline I saw when I was doing when I was just doing some light research about Cafe Gratitude and it was an Exo Jane article from like 2012 and it was like an it happened to me uh-huh. and basically the headline was I joined Scientology light and it was about the Landmark Foundation oh. so this person's alleging that they're like the Landmark Foundation right well you're paying for these classes yeah I mean I mean it costs money and, and here's my thing we're going to get into this more when I talk about our main story. Um, and it does all relate in case you're wondering why the fuck I'm going on and on about this health food establishment. This this is all under the umbrella. And yes, I did eat here for the past three days in a row. So obviously I like them enough to patronize their business. Um, but I have a very big problem with the kind of spirituality that demands people pay money for it yeah and spend their money because it becomes a business as opposed to all religions are kind of a business some just are more obvious about it like yeah you're supposed to tithe you're supposed to give 10 percent of your income like a lot of churches i mean i i have 
problems. But you're, where you work, it shouldn't be your religion. No, like, no. Especially if, I mean, anywhere where you work, you should be allowed to practice whatever religion or have whatever belief system. Right. It's fine if they're paying for it. I think if they're paying for right. it and it's fine, it's you can if you want to, but right. it, it shouldn't have to depend on your job there. It's sketch. It's wrong. Yeah. It's really wrong that there's this pressure right. among the employees there. So maybe I should do a boycott. Maybe. Now I feel like an asshole. I'm already boycotting and I didn't even know. <laughs> That's how strongly I feel about it. I am embarrassed. It's kind of like where some company has to, everyone wants to boycott and I don't even go to it. It's like, sure, I'll boycott Walmart. <laughs> No problem. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. So, you know what? We're all we're all a little bit hypocritical. Of course. But that's my big soapbox thing is that I believe that spirituality <clears throat> should be given away for fun and for free. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take on the situation. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into our main story, Desi. Good. I did not know about this uh, cult, but apparently it was pretty fucking big. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well-known, whatever, at the time. Uh, this, of course, we are talking about Father Yod and the Source family. Now, I want to uh, let you guys know that according to a few different articles I read about Father Yod, it is not pronounced Yod. It is pronounced Yod as in load. That's the word they... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's the rhyming word they use. And I get the feeling he probably gave some... He took a women. lot of loads. I mean, no, he gave a he lot gave of loads. A lot that's of loads. what I meant to say. Look, so I feel like that's like a, that's an easy Load, way. Load, That's an easy way I would to have said yod. I was saying yod in my head until right. I did some research and realized, yeah. oh, it's yod, as in he was giving up his load mm-hmm. to many different women in Los Angeles in the 60s and 70s. Does, does that word have meaning or is it just completely made up? It's Hebrew for something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I forgot. I forgot to write it down. I read it and then I was like, who cares? Right. Okay. Fucking at me. <laughs> so Father Yod was born James Edward Baker on July 4th, 1922 in Cincinnati, Ohio. But we're going to call him Jim because that's what he went by. Jim Baker. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> As a teen, one of his early mentors was the founder of Bragg Foods. Do you know about Bragg Foods? I do not. I'm sure you do. Um, oh. They are the people who make the apple cider vinegar. The raw, unfiltered, organic. Yeah, yeah. So they are like a health food company, and they've been around for a long time. And that's a big health food gimmick: the apple cider vinegar. That it's like a cure all for everything. Ladies, this is my uh, periodic PSA: please do not douche. It's not good with Um, apple cider vinegar. Do people people do that? I've read on the internet before that Hmm. people douche with apple cider. Just don't douche at all. Right. Your vagina is a self-cleaning oven. You don't need to do that. Anyway, so, but apple cider vinegar, you know, it, it has some health benefits, I suppose, according to people. It makes your hair very shiny. At least it's cheap. So it's you're not cheap. like spending a lot of money on some bullshit cure. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. And I think if you're sick with the flu, some people say that it can be, take a shot of it. Hmm, okay. That's, I'm just saying what I've heard. Some, many people are saying. <laughs> many people are saying. <laughs> so... He was friends with the daughter of the founder of Bragg Foods. And this guy sort of became his mentor. Like, oh, this is like my health food mentor. This he is was inspired foray, foray into health food. He was mm-hmm. also inspired by this group called the Nature Boys, which I didn't do too much look. I didn't look too much into them. But these are like sort of his early influences right. into being a health nut. As a young man, he served in the Marines in World War II, where he earned a silver star. He was also an expert in jujitsu. This guy was a fighting machine. And in the 1950s, Jim Baker abandoned his wife and daughter to move to California, which, in my opinion, is not very spiritual practice. Or healthy for the kid. (laughs) It's not healthy for the kid. He moved to LA originally to become a stuntman, but he wound up becoming a restaurateur in uh he just like ended up opening up all these really successful places i don't know he had all this money i right. guess but he opened up a bunch of successful places in los angeles and like his restaurant career like fucking was very lucrative for him and really took off 
1963, this is fucking crazy. Jim murdered the husband of actress Jean Ingram with a judo chop. With a judo chop? Like he judo chopped him to the head or to the neck and he fucking killed him. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you how crazy this story is. I fucking researched my ass off looking for newspaper articles, fucking anything about this judo chop story, and I couldn't find anything. The one thing I could find was you had to pay for the site to look at the old newspaper archive, and I was like, fuck that. Right, because it probably would be an article that had no information. Who knows what it would have been, but I saw that in the documentary, and that's just like a thing about him. Like, oh, yeah, I know he killed the husband of this woman in 1963 and it's all very just whatever but apparently it was self-defense because he was acquitted okay and that was that uh he also killed another person with a judo chop in self-defense what is he bruce lee (laughs) it's like he finds the vital nerve and hits them in like a i i didn't know you could kill someone with a judo chop outside of a action movie or like a block of wood right (laughs) So apparently that's what he did. So he killed two people and got off because it was self-defense. Another crazy story about this guy is that he was apparently a bank robber too. Like he robbed anywhere between, this is a quote, two and 11 banks, which is such a weird number. Like, which is it? Yeah. I mean, I would just say five. Just say five. (laughs) Like take the mean of it. The median, whatever. Rachel doesn't know math. (laughs) Come on. Mean, median, average. So, I don't know. Take the average. That's what it is. So, uh, and I couldn't find any stories about that either, which why would you make that up? It's like, does this guy want to be the most interesting man in the world? He wants this He's reputation. the Dos He's the original Dos Equis guy. That's what I'm saying. And he also had a, a salt and pepper beard. This guy was a pioneer of most interesting douchebags. Right. He wanted to be this guy, I guess. I couldn't find any newspaper articles about him robbing banks, but apparently, according to lore, that's how he had amassed his wealth. Oh. And initial wealth uh-huh. into buying these restaurants is that he was a bank robber. Cool. I feel like bank robbers, maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like they always get caught. Well, I did hear something once, and I have zero idea if this is accurate, that they don't publish stories about bank robberies that are successful. Oh, because they don't want people to know you can get away with it. I I don't even know. That could be like a really old thing. Like that's not the case anymore. Right. But I did hear that's why you only hear about the ones where they're busted because banks don't want you to know like what the success stories are. But I have no idea if that's accurate. Right. I just said it anyway. (laughs) I did hear that though at some point that you'll never see articles about successful bank robbers. That makes sense because I never hear. I always hear that the bank robbers get caught immediately. There's a shootout or something. It's like heat. Yeah. Okay. So that's how he allegedly, according to some people, he acquired some of his wealth from that. Well, he needed some capital to start restaurants. That's what I'm saying. He opened up like four different restaurants when he got to LA and they were all really fucking successful. And you're not going to get loans for that kind of shit. No. Yeah. He's like, I'm a judo master. Give me a loan. (laughs) I'll karate chop you. (laughs) So in the 60s, he got really into LSD and speed. um, And he would often stay up for days on end. Next, though, he began to begin his foray into spirituality because he wanted something bigger, Mm -hmm. man. Hey, man. And, you know, a lot of people in the 60s, of course, like in this documentary I'm watching, any documentary about the 60s, it's like they just show the dancing hippies. Yeah, in the field, like, like the stock footage. There's always stock footage of like dancing hippies, and they're like, everyone was like, you know, something's in. happening yeah. here. <laughs> what it is ain't exactly clear. Yeah, always. Uh, and you know, these are my mom's people. My mom, my mom was uh, not into cults at all, which she we talked about via text because I had to ask my mom, like, do you know about these people? She was like, right. She goes, Rachel. I don't subscribe to any cults except for the cult of cats. Yeah. Okay. Me too. I feel like I would join that cult. I would join that cult. I would kill for certain cats. Right. (laughs) So, uh, you know, this guy was exploring different spirituality forms. And he took up kundalini yoga, which is still a very popular among hippy-dippy, rich, spiritual fucking white people in L.A. today, I feel like. It's definitely. I see it all over. Yeah. Um, and Kundalini was started by, uh, this guy, Yogi Bahan. His real name was, sorry, yeah, was Alan, <laughs> Alan, 
I'm trying to think of a Jewish last name. It was Alan Markowitz. <laughs> I just like love when you hear their real names. Right. All like, no, this guy was actually Indian, though. Oh, he was? Okay. He was. Right. <laughs> okay, but, good. But uh, they did, <clears throat> in the documentary I was watching, they briefly mentioned Ram Dass, who I, by the way, oh, right. sidebar, love Ram Dass. And that's like as far as the like kind of hippie guru yeah. thing I'll ever get into because I sort of like my mom gave me a copy of his book be here now right when I was 16 it was sort of like a rite of passage you know yeah my hippie mom passing on this book this book really helped me when I was your age and I was like oh cool and it really helped me yeah and so I like Ram Dass even though he's like he's like a white Jewish dude who yes. like became a guru but I think he he's pretty I think he's pretty chill I would never be anyone's follower though so um just a second so he's getting into this kundalini, kundalini yogi shit. And thus, he decided it's time to grow my hair. And he did. He had a very thick mass of hair and a long beard. And he started dressing in white robes, mm. as you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always like some kind of flowy robe situation <clears throat> happening. Right. I don't know. I guess that gets you closer to God. Because you're not worried about tight fitting fabrics it's <laughs> elastic waistband it's very um it's not restrictive right you know so he starts wearing these white flowy robes and he's really looking the part and on april 1st 1969 he opened up the source restaurant on sunset it was a health food restaurant and it was a hit especially among celebrities frequenters of the source restaurant included john lennon and yoko ono goldie hahn and Steve McQueen, among many, many, many others. Right. Uh, they had footage of these people eating at the restaurant. And they also, uh, I took a screenshot of the menu because I'm always Yeah, interested. I was actually going to ask you, what did they serve? So here's the only menu <clears throat> part that I could find online. I'm guessing a lot of brown rice. You know what is weird? <laughs> they only had the salad portion and the beverage portion of the menu, oh. which was disappointing. Yeah. Because I wanted to know, like, what kind of hot meals are you serving? I want the hot meals. But all the salads, um, you know, it's like sprouts, the late sunflower 60- seeds. It was sunflower <laughs> seeds and sprouts. There wasn't kale because it was, you right, know, the that's... late 60s and se- early 70s. So it was all very, like, health food stuff from that era, like garbanzo beans and beets, like shredded yeah. beets. And yeah. they were, all the salads were kind of a variation of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there were fresh juices, but they weren't the kind of fresh juice you combinations you have today. It wasn't like kale juice. It was, you know, beet juice yeah. and Carrot, tomato juice. Yeah. And so it was very basic. But at the time, this was like one of the first big health food restaurants right. in the country because – you know, this lifestyle was exploding and now they're everywhere all right. across all across the country. You could go to, you know, fucking anywhere, almost any major. Well, obviously, you can go to any major city and find a vegan place now, but or at least a vegetarian. Yeah. So this and this wasn't vegan. This was vegetarian. They did have like cottage cheese there. Right. <laughs> I saw which I was like, that's very 70s. That's so diner. It's so. Yeah. So. This place was also the happening place to be, especially if you're a waiter or waitress. Like, this was a cool job yeah. to have. Well, because it's celebrity. Yeah, it was celebrity. And, and there's nothing cooler than celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like all these celebrities there and all these uh, gorgeous people worked there. Yeah. And it was just the scene. It was like a big, it was a fucking scene. Yeah. It was more than a restaurant. It was a fucking lifestyle, man. Yeah. And it certainly was. And business was booming. The Source restaurant pulled in about $10,000 a day, which is about $40,000 in today's money. Jim uh, also drove a white Rolls Royce. Whoa. Which I always think is really funny. That's what the um, Wild Wild Country guy had. He did. He did have a Rolls Royce. What is up with these spiritual leaders and their fucking obsession with luxury automobiles? That's what I'm saying. It's so... I actually tweeted something like that recently. Like, I would never trust a guru who drove a Rolls Royce. No. It's so crazy because it's like, what about no material blah 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 like right yeah but they always have the height of luxury in every aspect of their life. Oh totally. It's so weird to me and that's why the whole paying money for a religion. Right. Right. Well it's one thing if it goes towards poor people but not to support this guru's lifestyle. That Right. It's weird to me. So this guy was rich and fucking hanging out with celebrities and 
hanging around hot young hippies that were in Los Angeles at the time. So Jim began holding meditation and yoga sessions at the restaurant, and as a result of that, he began amassing a group of devoted followers. He started going by the name Father Yod, which is how we will be referring to him for the duration of this episode. And for some of his followers, he was the father figure that they never had. And a lot of his followers described him as that. Like, they felt like, they're like, this guy gets me, yeah. man. My Even fucking he's old. Yeah, he's older than them, but he's, like, he's spiritually daddy. in tune. Spiritual daddy. He's a spiritual daddy. And, you know, their dad back at home tried to make them get a crew cut. Right. Fuck that He's noise. down with it. He's down with the yeah. scene, man. In 1969, Jim met 19-year-old Robin. She was a go-go dancer and a party girl in Hollywood. According to Robin, Jim had been urging her to come to his yoga classes at the source, but she wasn't interested. But on one night in 1969, she finally agreed. She decided to go to yoga instead of over to her friend Sharon Tate's house. Whoa. <laughs> yes, you guessed it. That night was the night that Sharon Tate was murdered. For Robin, this was a sign. Right. Like, can you even imagine? Wait, how old is he now? He's 47. Okay, and she's 19. And she's 19. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this guy's a lot older than her. He's hitting yeah. on her, and he's like, come to my fucking yoga practice, which Ugh. is also another very spiritual yeah. thing, I feel like. Hey, baby. Hey, young 19-year-old. Do you like yoga? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that she was supposed to go to her friend's house, and then her friend ended up getting murdered. And right, she, because so she's like, She oh wasn't God, there. She's God. like, this guy saved me. He yeah. saved my life basically. Okay. So she felt like indebted to him and she was also so attracted to him. Of course, in every kind of... Is he hot? You know what's funny? He was really hot when he was younger. He was like super muscular, but he just looks like... You can't really see his face because he's like covered in fucking bushy hair. I have to look him up. Please look him up, okay, Father Yod. So, so that is pretty crazy. Right. In 1970, Jim married Robin. And okay. like I said before, he was 47 years old. Unsatisfied with simply being a follower of a guru, Jim decided, excuse me, Father Yod decided that he would start his own religion. Thus, the Source family was born. Devotees lived in vans in the parking lot, outside of the restaurant, and in apartments <laughs> surrounding the restaurant. He's like Hot Santa. Dude, they, Hot Santa. Oh, oh, yeah, he is like Hot Santa. Like, he is attractive. Right. But he's he not does ugly. have. I mean, he does kind of get a little bit troll looking. Like in this picture, he's kind of getting gaining some weight. Right. He has like a tank of a belly. I mean, he's not unattractive. Wow. He looks a little like Chris Christopher's. <laughs> this is his <laughs> album cover. Totally. Oh, wait. He looks like Rick Rubin. Yeah. He's got quite a look. He, he's not bad looking. No, he's not he bad seems, looking. Uh, and back in the 50s, he was a hunk. Like, or in the oh, 40s. Oh, yeah. I see this before and after. He really was a hunk. Like, he was very athletic, very... What level of white man are you to think you can start your own religion? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I... Is that, like, is that like peak white male? It really like, is. It really like is. To start your own fucking religion, like, out of nowhere? Yeah. Because you took yoga? And I mean, all on. the people in your religion are hot? Right. I mean, that's right, the one I Right, because he start. took yoga, because he took a few yoga classes. And now he's a he's spiritual guru. He's so enlightened. Yeah. Okay. That is peak white male. Okay. Sorry, it, I mean, no offense. Not all white men. We get it. No, but this guy. <laughs> so he's like, hey, all these people are, you know, hanging around, and it's getting kind of crowded here in the right. parking lot of my restaurant. He was living up in the attic of the restaurant. Even though he's extremely wealthy? Right. So he moves the whole crew to a gigantic house in Los Feliz known as the Chandler House, as it belonged to the Chandler family of the LA Times. Oh, I know this house. Yes. It's famous. Yeah. And it's big. And his followers grew to 140 people. Wow. Yeah. And they're all living in this big-ass house. They all gave up their earthly possessions to live mm -hmm. at the compound known as the Mother House. They all worked at the source and lived together. Waking up early for morning meditation, lectures, tantric sex sessions, and other hippy-dippy shit. Ugh. So these were people who were giving up their lives and possessions. Uh, and they weren't destitute either. Right. These weren't destitute people. Several of them were, uh, who were members of this family were giving up nice homes and cars and careers. And were they selling this and giving him all their money? 
it was all here's the th- good thing about this this story if you're expecting some crazy shit to happen in terms of like illegal bad shit it's not that way it's just weird right <laughs> and he you know he the thing about this cold is it was all going back into the community of the family right he wasn't solely taking in all of the wealth necessarily like right. they weren't starving but he or was in wanting. charge he was in charge of all of it the money he the, the their money was going all back into this family right for their utopia that yeah. they were living in in this house um so many but how did 143 people live in that house i don't know yeah they i mean it's a big house it's a big fucking house but still now, many of the members, especially the female members, were underage. And Jim had the younger women get married to the men in the group so that they could all live there together legally. Like, it's okay. That's... Because they'd make them they'd make the them wife. The wife. Right. So that it would Even be okay. Even though they were underage. Right. So these were like 15, 16-year-old. That's year like old. Um, Ted Nugent's form of adopt, Like, where he would adopt oh, yeah. the young girls and marry them. Right, <laughs> right, right. Or fuck them, at least. Of course. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So members of the source also legally changed their names to their new given names. And these are some of the names that were these new adopted names by who okay. many of them still go by today. Uh, Sunflower, Galaxy, Harvest Moon, Heaven, etc. <laughs> One of them's name is Isis, which I wonder if she regrets that now. Right. Well, that's like a Greek no, goddess Egyptian. Or, or Egyptian goddess. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which I like the name, but now it's sort of well, it's synonymous. Got, it's with been some, tainted. It's been tainted <laughs> over the past several years. Right. But Unless you're Obama and you call it ISIL. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's different. Yeah. So um, they also took on the last name Aquarian. This was oh, God. the family. You know, this was the age of Aquarius. Of course. Like the like hair in hair. <laughs> right. So... Uh, Father Yod was the father and Robin, the 19-year-old woman he had just married, she was the mother. That's like when your dad marries a really young woman and she's like, this is your stepmom now and she's like two years older. Than right, you. right, right. It's You're totally like, no, like uh, Right, she can't tell you. me what to fuck do. Fuck you, dad. We went You're to the not same high school two years yeah. ago. <laughs> and like, that's what it was like probably for a lot of these women. They were like women in their late 20s. Or and Robin's in charge. Robin's fucking in charge. She's the mother. And Father Yod's teaching borrowed from a variety of different religions so he was picking and choosing the best of right whatever um everyone in the house was a vegetarian and like i said before everyone shared their possessions with one another these are the 10 commandments of the age of aquarius so these are the codes that they lived by okay so number one obey and live by the teachings of your earthly spiritual father two Love your earthly spiritual father more than yourself. Is he the father there in these? Yes. <laughs> okay. He's the earthly spiritual <laughs> father. It, He's a it. God among men. Mm-hmm. Three, harm not one of your body parts either by neglect, food, drink, or knife. Four, allow each vibration to complete its own cycle without interference. Does that mean like come every time you masturbate without stopping or f- every time you <clears> fuck? <throat> I don't know what vibrations are. Because like couldn't that also be a non-coming is, thing? I'm just saying vibration is such a like right. vague blanket term. <clears throat> I feel like that's very uh, hippie. These people were very into chakras too. Right. So there's a lot of that language. Look, uh, we can take it that way. Every time we masturbate, we have to come. You don't do stop. It to, or every time you have sex, you have to come. Do it to completion. Look, I'm just following Father Yod's orders. <laughs> Five, possess nothing that you do not need and share all that you have, even though you need a Rolls Royce. Look, (laughs) you can't be the leader of a cult and just show up in a Camry. (laughs) 
Datsun's gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Six. Let uh, the man and his woman are one. Let nothing separate them. Seven. <laughs> that seems like it was probably broken. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. That's why I'm reading these. Seven. Squander not thy creative force in lust, but come together only when the three vibrations for the physical, the mental, and the emotional are in harmony with spiritual love. How is come together spelled? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's spelled the way we don't like. C-O-M-E. Eight. Each morning, join your vibration with the ascending currents of the universal life energy using the keys that your earthly spiritual father has taught you. Nine. Do every act energetically, intelligently, truthfully, and lovingly. Ten. When these commandments are mastered, leave the house of your earthly spiritual father and do the work of your heavenly father. Okay. So th- those are their that those are their ethos. The, those are their principles that they live by. I mean, the pictures of them are amazing. It looks like Aren't they amazing? It looks like a bad production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my god. <laughs> like like totally. it's so insane cuz they're all wearing flowy robes and like But they're all very cleaned up looking. Right, it's not like dirty looking no and that was sort of like hippies like you guys aren't even real fucking hippies man because they were very groomed i mean all the men had long hair none of the men cut their hair and they all had bushy beards but they were very no it doesn't look clean they all his locks look vo5'd oil treatment like totally they're glossy he used a deep conditioning treatment for sure and so did all the women Mm -hmm. um they're hollywood hippies they're that's what i'm saying they're these hollywood rich hippies right so the other thing that was kind of insane to me is like the two different documentaries I watched about Father Yod and the Source family, they were like, yeah, he was fucking lots of underage girls, but whatever. Right. Like that wasn't a bigger fucking issue. It was the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people say things like that. It was a it different, was the time. different time. Like, yeah. It was perfectly fine to rape women back then. Right. It was just a different but we time. We knew it was wrong, but you know, what are you going to do? So there's this insane fucking scene. I mean, I just couldn't believe they showed it in a mainstream documentary. I guess it's mainstream. I don't know. But like, whatever. They showed it. Um, and they showed this home birth Ugh. between, uh, it was the this baby being born, uh, this 28-year-old guy named Sunflower and his 16-year-old. Jesus Christ. There's like 800 wife. things wrong in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> they showed the entire birth basically like i saw the baby crowning i saw and i was like how are we showing this this girl's 16 in this video i'm like faint just listen i saw it i've seen birth before i watched that movie the miracle of life did Uh you do you remember that movie in from the 80s i i mean it's vaguely familiar but i don't like seeing birthing scenes well i fucking saw it and thank god it was in black and white (laughs) and i do think birth is a very beautiful natural thing but i don't need to see it I wasn't expecting it, so I wasn't prepared to see right. it, especially that this was an underage girl giving birth. It, there was it something seems about it that felt to show very that. it felt very illegal and wrong to show this, but we saw it. Um, and her husband, the father of the child, is a twenty-eight-year-old guy named Sunflower. Named, named fucking Sunflower. Can you imagine being the mother of that girl and being like, "Oh, you got knocked up by a guy named Sunflower." <laughs> Get home right now, <laughs> young lady. Get home. <laughs> I mean, I should have never taken you to that monkey's concert. God damn it. (laughs) So Father um, Yod was there fucking assisting the birth. The whole fucking crew is there. She's being filmed as their... I mean, like, I've never given birth before, but I can only imagine. So I wouldn't want a fucking camera in my face. The whole idea when people film that shit, it's like, when when are you going to watch that? You're going to show it at your kid's bar mitzvah? (laughs) Who watches those videos again once they're taken? I like, feel like if there was a camera in my face, I know myself well enough while I was giving birth, I would murder whoever was holding the camera. Oh, God. It should be a crime. That's just <laughs> me. Maybe people have had successful filming of their births. Me personally, that wouldn't... I I yeah, couldn't take I it. Know. I couldn't take it. So uh, the baby came out and it was stillborn. Aww. Uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around its neck three times. But Father Yod lifted the baby up and he prayed and asked God to save the baby and it came back to life. So it wasn't stillborn. But that's what they said. <laughs> uh, quick they fact called check. It, they called it a stillborn. They, they used that word several times. So he times. was like, it's stillborn. Wait, I prayed over it. 
Okay. Okay, Father Yod. <laughs> what a load, Yod. <laughs> what a load, Yod. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> but I was glad when I was like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, the, it is good that the baby's alive. But of course, they were like, this is a divine wow, this miracle. Is, yeah. The baby lived. But soon, one wife was not enough for Father Yod. Mm-hmm. He would go on to take on 13 wives, including a lot of underage girls were these wives. So mm-hmm. he had a lot of 16-year-old and 15-year-old underage girls as his wife. And Robin, his real legal wife, was not happy with this. No. He broke commandment six. Right. Like we talked about before. We knew he was going to break that. Well, he did. Um, but he probably got a message from... <laughs> He probably right. That's always how it is. Oh, I I hear something from the 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 Lord wants me to get my dick wet more (laughs) by different pussy, (laughs) young pussy. I mean, but said more like a godlike, not like in my slang. Right. So, uh, Robin was not happy, and she would later go on to describe Father Yod as quote a dirty old man on a lust trip, which I feel like is pretty accurate. That is. Honestly, how you could describe every cult leader, I think. Totally. Because it's like, this is how they get laid. Yeah. By young girls. I mean, look at L. Ron Hubbard. He was not an attractive guy. Right. I mean, at least Father Yod is kind of fuckable. Right. Even in, at his most Moses. Like, he's right. <laughs> kind of attractive. He's like a see, hot Moses. I could see his, like, being authoritative might turn me on. Right. I, I don't like that type of guy normally. No. But if I was into it, maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. But look at Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Even Jim Jones is not exactly no. attractive uh, at all. These guys are just, this is like a very elaborate long con to get fucked. Right. Like, come on, guys. Have some self-esteem. <sighs> Also, women, come on. <laughs> well, yeah, the obvious. I mean, the the young girls, they they're just right. Young. It's just it's really extra to start it's an entire extra. religion to get, and then laid. to not only just like, but to always make it underage girls. It's like you can't fuck someone thirty. That's right. still way hotter than you. Like <laughs> totally. On, like it's because well, so, I don't feel like a lot of thirty year old women be like, fuck you. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. It's like whenever I see a guy who has a history of only dating like a lot younger women that says more about the guy than it does right. about the girl to me that always says he doesn't know how to make a woman come and these girls don't know yet that they deserve that also he doesn't like confrontation right well there's a lot he to doesn't it. want to change he doesn't want to challenge he doesn't want to challenge and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to change and he doesn't want to be called out on his bullshit right and he'll just keep switching to younger girls right that's what that says robin to me. is 20 now right <laughs> she's too old for me so i need 13 more young wives right. most of whom are teenagers so robin was then demoted as what? mother and replaced by another young woman named makushala who i think was only 16 or 15 makushala yes mm-hmm. that's not her real name of course her real name is karen <laughs> <laughs> probably so he ended up having three kids with three different women in this harem mm-hmm. of course now, Father Yod and members of the family then decided, I guess they were calling, you know, the gods called to them. They decided to form a rock group. They're forming a fucking band, does he? Okay. And the band name is called the Yahua 13. <laughs> and he starts going by the name Yahoa too. Like Yahoa. Uh-huh. That's, I don't know. That's what he starts going by. This jam band ended Ugh. up releasing nine albums and let me just tell you this music is terrible because <clears throat> yeah. they were playing it all throughout the documentary i didn't go bother to do any further research down that fucking rabbit hole because i didn't care because i heard enough of it during the documentary I know, i've never heard it and i know exactly what it sounds like <laughs> it was a lot of chanting it was a lot of possibly uh, sitar distorted <laughs> guitars big drums yeah. um no melodies mm-hmm. It was awful. And the crazy thing is that there are people like rock musicians of today who were like, oh, yeah, they were a major influence of me. I like the lo-fi recordings. (laughs) It's so bad. Right. I can't get I can imagine. I know exactly what it is. But this was like his passion project. And he was Were they popular? No. So they were like selling their records for $10 out of the Source restaurant. Okay. And they were touring different high schools and colleges. And there's this amazing scene in this documentary where Father Yod and the Yehoa 13 band are playing at Beverly Hills High School. And he's like giving them this sermon before they start playing. And they pan to the crowd and everyone's kind of looking at each other like, what what the fuck's going on? (laughs) What the fuck is happening right now? I thought the animals were playing. (laughs) 
So, I mean, like I said before, there are they apparently were influential to some musicians right. later on. I don't get it. It's like a lot of yelling and distortion and chanting. There's always musicians who have to have their influences be very obscure. Like, totally. I wasn't influenced by the Beatles. I was more influenced by, by the, the Yoho uh, 13. By a band started by right. a cult. It's kind of like the ultimate hipster move. Like, yeah. you don't want to admit your influences. Right. Totally. In 1975, though, the Source family up and moved to Hawaii. Oh. And the locals were not happy. Oh. They were like, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you in I mean, our town. Usually like, Hawaiians are pretty chill. Yeah, but the Manson family had just happened and they saw these people as like a bunch of colonizing white people right cultish i can't remember which i did see a cult documentary where another group moved, tried to they move always to try yeah. to go to hawaii yeah. but they went there and they were met with a lot of resistance from the locals like get out of here we don't want no weird cult taking over right. our, our town the family as a result they, they didn't have the source the source restaurant closed because they moved and they didn't have anywhere to work, so they weren't having any income anymore. So, uh, and they like spent a lot of, they blew a lot of their money. They bought like a fucking boat and an airplane and shit. Wow. So they needed money and they couldn't find any work. They no weren't one, selling a lot of cassettes of, <laughs> of the Yehoa 13, but no one would hire them because um, they walk in, they all look like Jesus. Right in their store you know like yeah it's the 70s but like fucking cut your hair Still a little bit too much i mean like they were, they were like, a little extra they were a little extra like they did not wear normal clothes they wore like robes they weren't like wearing bell bottoms and like button up no. pa- paisley really, shirts they, they were wearing robes really difficult time father yod was getting really frustrated so he ordered all of the guys in the group like i mean the, the entire family like the entire 140 didn't come with them but a lot of them did okay so it wasn't like the entirety of it but he was like you guys need to cut your fucking hair and go look for a job and no sex until you find a job oh damn which i feel like daddy means business at that point right i'm looking at the hawaii pictures now right even father yod cut his hair he didn't cut his oh. beard but he cut his hair which i feel like that is serious if this guy they were poor when push comes to shove yeah you need money you're gonna go do it it does look nice in hawaii hawaii's great so the spirit of the family was sort of you know at odds they weren't fucking the toast of the town right wandering around la where they knew everyone and where celebrities went to the restaurant anymore like they were now not- they're like wait we're in a cult <laughs> right suddenly they were giving up everything sounded cool when we were like the toast of the town right and we were all living high on the hog right now we're Uh, struggling to get a fucking sunflower seed split amongst us (laughs) totally so father yod was becoming frustrated and on august 25th 1979 father yod decided that he was going to go hang gliding now he had never been hang gliding before in his life. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, if he doesn't have that arrogance that he's just going to fucking Look, he do started it. a religion. <laughs> There's nothing he can't do. He can do it. He's never been hang... Would, could, would you jump off a cliff and go hang gliding if you'd never been before? Would you do it even if... I wouldn't do it if no. I was highly trained. No. <laughs> right. I wouldn't want to get highly trained in that. That sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's a piece of fucking fabric. Look... I know myself. If I do anything out of the norm, I will die in that way because I'm a klutz. Like, I will die. I would never bungee jump. I don't care if I'm on The Bachelor. (laughs) I'm not going to do any of that bullshit. Like, that's how I'll die. I know it. Okay. So So, so he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go. He had never been hang gliding before. And that day, his wife, Makushala, was wearing a black dress. And he turned to her and he said, you're dressed very appropriately today. Oh. Very ominous. Members of the family climbed up with Father Yod up on a mountaintop, and Father Yod then leapt off of a 1,300-foot cliff on his hang glider, where he crash-landed on a beach. And even though he had no visible external injuries, he was unable to move. And there's footage of this happening. There's footage of the hang gliding, him hang gliding, him jumping off the cliff. There's footage of him crash-landing onto the beach. There's footage of all the, the family members going... Yehoa, Yehoa, oh my God, are you okay? Oh my God, Yehoa, oh my God, oh my God, like what happened? And he's like, I can't move. And Did nine- someone pick him up and say, he's still born. <laughs> JK. 
They carried him. <clears throat> they carried him back to the house, and he died nine days later. They carried him back to the house and yeah. not to a hospital. No. Oh. Well. He didn't want to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. They begged him to go, and he was like, "No." So he wanted to die. Yeah, he wanted to die. And the group ended up fizzling out after that. They didn't have their leader anymore. What the fuck are they supposed to do? Well, I mean, his death basically proved that God didn't want them to exist. (laughs) Right? And yeah, and they weren't welcome where they were living. And uh, the band did try and go on. They did continue for several more years, I believe. That's actually the saddest part of the story so far. (laughs) The band had to go on. Right. Look, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get the band let's get back the band together. <laughs> Yahuwah. He would want this. Right. So, I got a gig at the Whiskey A Go-Go. <laughs> so the, the, the group was like officially completely done by 1977. So just two years after his death. Like they there were still people. Right. M- Mashulala or M- whatever. Makushala. <laughs> they didn't, she didn't have the respect. Right. And that's the story of Father Yod. Damn. Yeah, so no, you know, real crazy crimes other than the fact that he was fucking all these underage girls and no one in the documentary seemed to make a big deal and about he that. he murdered people by karate chop. Right, he murdered people by judo chop, um, which is such a bizarre thing to keep hammering home that he did that, but then I couldn't find any proof about that on the right. internet. That is weird. Um, I, I had no idea about this cult. I didn't either. And what's weird is like I had heard of Father Yo- Did I someone like mention it on our someone mentioned Facebook it on page? our Facebook page? And I realized where I had heard the name before. Back in two thousand nine or two thousand twelve, maybe. I don't know. It was like around two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. American Apparel released a limited edition of like of a Yahoah thirteen CD. Oh god. And a shirt that had Father Yod on it with like their credo on the back. So it's like Hot Topic selling like Joy Division shirts. Right. <laughs> Which like, is like ooh. such a fucking hipster douchebag move. Right. It's like, look how fun, like, ooh, this cult is it's so cool. It's a cult. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, it's so edgy. Yeah. And like, that's when people probably started saying they were an influence. Like right. the band, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I was so influenced yeah. by Father Yod. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So I just thought that was weird. I'm like, why are you idolizing this guy? Like, They weren't even like a top 10 cult, really. No. I had never heard of them before. Like, And I'm lived in LA forever. I actually heard that um the Jonestown cults they also had a band that was actually I I did hear that that band was actually good music. Whoa. I mean, I don't know that it's true. I haven't heard it with my own ears. Right. But I did hear that they also had a band that, that was the music was actually I don't know if they were influential, but the people I heard talking about it was um I think it was on last podcast on the left. Right. But they were saying that uh that the music was actually good. Like surprisingly good. Right. So I have no idea. For being what it was. Right. I mean, but they were a bigger cult, so maybe they had better musicians. <laughs> they had more, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I want to watch the documentaries. Do you remember the names? It was called The Source Family. And that's on? It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. If you want to watch it. I'm I recommend watch watching it. it. It was interesting. I mean, I love learning about different cults, and this one was so tame compared to. Right. You know, and a lot of these people like that they interviewed with the exception of Robin, who I feel really bad for Robin because they show her in the aftermath and she has uh, fibromyalgia and she's struggling with that. And, um, you know, she still has a relationship with her daughter, the one that she had with Father Yod. And um, but she's angry and resentful at him. You know, she's like, he played me. And I get it. Yeah. Like, she's like, we were supposed to be committed to each other, and he just wanted to fuck all these young women. Like, he threw I me thought away. I was the just the young woman he wanted to fuck. <laughs> Little did I know. Little did I know. So, um, but the, a lot of the other people, there's plenty of other people who were in the cult who still swear by it, and were like, it was a beautiful time. Much like I mean, the, they kept their names. Yeah, they kept their names. Oh, my God. Imagine being like an 80 year old man named sunflower well i saw him in the documentary <laughs> and some you don't of them, have to imagine right and some of them are wildly successful like a few of them that they interviewed a couple of them of course they're like i live off the grid man right there was like, i do love like these hippies because i have seen it in real life like people i know like their families yeah. and stuff where they were all hippie free spirits and then like in the late 70s and early 80s they became like real estate tycoons oh yeah <laughs> driving porsches right 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 so it's like at some point it's like ah, i'm ready to live i'm ready to, live I'm ready to get some money corporate america <laughs> yeah 
totally it's such an extreme you know right switch i think totally like, but yeah i could see why you might get tired of being poor or right. like living off of the bare minimum and like i think whatever like i think hippies who lived in con like my mom lived on a commune in the 70s like i think that's chill and cool but like i just don't subscribe to the whole belief that your spirituality is based on a human being following right well a commune like- is literally people supporting each other yeah, it's not I, like one leader right is telling you I, and they're living a different life than everyone else right like and that rubs me the wrong way just putting your faith into a human power sort of you know of course because human beings are fucking fallible and you can't rely on them to be perfect and human beings have bad qualities you know and even and if like, they don't have bad qualities i think when you give them that much power they think that they can get away with yeah i mean it's probably human nature i think totally so i i, I don't i'm lucky like you know i'm very lucky i never got involved in any cultish thing it's just not in my nature to be right. like a follower of a person that was actually one of my earliest fears because i watched a lot of bad tv movies and i remember there was this one i could be really wrong but this is my memory with Christy McNichol. Of course. <laughs> and she was, I think it might have been called Blinded by the Light. And her brother was taken into a cult uh, and they were trying to get him out of the cult. This is my memory. Yeah. And I just remember hearing the term brainwashed for the first time. Like the brother was brainwashed. Yeah. And, I, and I was so scared that I would be brainwashed. Like it just happened suddenly. <laughs> right. Like you could be brainwashed. Any like, moment. And then like, like a second... Like, so I did live in fear of that, but I feel like it really is maybe a personality trait that makes you more susceptible well, or maybe a, 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 a sort of like part of your life where maybe you're at a weaker moment where you're totally. looking for something. And like a, a, like a second note to this that sort of relates is once I was walking in New York City when I lived there and there was like a group of Jesus freaks on the street like, yeah. and one of them asked me something like, are you one of Jesus's lambs? <laughs> And I was like, I, I said something smart ass, like, oh, shut up, <laughs> like, or fuck you, <laughs> like, right. whatever. And then it started pouring rain, and I got stopped under these construction things in New York where it's almost like a shelter. Yeah. So I was standing under this construction thing waiting for the rain to stop because I didn't have an umbrella. And all of the Jesus freaks were walking down towards me. They, they basically had me uh, trapped. Oh, my God. And one of the guy, the guy who I told to fuck off, he was like, you seem really angry. Like, <gasps> um, And he was just trying to trying to get me right and there was a part of me even me who was like a total cunt there was a part of me who's like well I was like well maybe <laughs> and then it stopped raining and I left and I was like oh I can see how if yeah. they get you at a weak moment totally and this person's trying to understand you that could be very seductive to someone who isn't like me right but who is going through something well it makes total sense I mean this like or alone or doesn't have a family or whatever but like, that's what yeah. cult leaders that's what they prey on people who right. are weakened in weakened states or vulnerable or don't have or have been displaced in in the world yes and need a home well and it's like that thing you always hear where they're like come to one of our parties like we just have food and we have fun and it's like okay sure like right i mean i would never do that because i hate people (laughs) but i could see how other people who are normal (laughs) might do that i mean it's like there's like it happens it obviously happens i think what happened with me is it made me think for a second but i was like oh shut up like fuck right you. like for me it was like oh am i am i angry like do you know what i mean right. like right. and i do that sometimes i i think i tweeted about this recently where i went on like the timeline where it was all like people responding to the memo leaks yeah and I, you know everyone on the left or in the middle were like fuck he's got fucking like why did they release these and then on the maga timeline everyone was like this proves da 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 and I read so many of the people saying this proves he's innocent. For a second, I was like, "Is I the crazy one? <laughs> like, are they right and I'm the crazy one? Like, because it's like they're so they believe it so strongly. Right. Like, I don't know. So I can yeah. see how you can just get into this state, right, where it is almost like you're pliable. You're you believe everything they tell you, yeah. and everything that's against them is people trying to take down your leader, like. Right. You know what I mean? So it right. is like a, a thing. And it's almost like once you're in, it's really hard to admit you were wrong. Oh, and my leave God. It. Do you know what I mean? Because oh you have God. to admit yeah. that you fell for something. Right. Right. So you keep deluding yourself yeah. to protect yourself in a way. But yeah. So, so yeah, I'm really grateful. Never got involved in any of that stuff. I never got brainwashed. I never got <laughs> brainwashed by a cold. Thank God. Um, now I want to look up that Christy McNichol movie. There was this was great right. subplot or this great plot. Um, on Melrose Place back in the day with Sydney, who was my favorite right. character. Sydney is the best character. Sydney Andrews. And she was very displaced 
on the show. Like everyone hated her. Right. And she didn't she have was, any friends. She didn't have, everyone was like, fuck you, Sydney. Yeah. And so she gets a new roommate and her new roommate is uh, Tracy Lords. Right. And Tracy Lords is in this cult. Right. And Tracy Lords is like, don't you want to feel like loved and like you belong? Right. And then Sydney, uh, Sydney gets involved in this cult. And well, that's why they, a lot of them do get the young girls. Yeah. Cause they get the men in with right. these like young girls. Right. So it's all kind of connected. Ugh. Ugh. So yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it. Okay. okay great. Bye. Thanks, bye.